G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Sometimes we keep our faith and our day-to-day lives in separate boxes. But it turns out that worship is something that brings them back together again. Worship doesn't just happen once a week when we sing a few songs. Worship, as things turn out, was always meant to be a way of life. Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond and thank you so much for joining me again on Christianity Works. Today on the program, we're going to explore what it means actually to live that life of worship. So let's head into God's Word to do just that. And please do stay tuned, because in just a few minutes, I'll be telling you about our free daily devotional, Fresh, that I'd love to send you to help you live your life more and more as an act of worship to God. Well, this is the second message in a series that I've called Living a Life of Worship. Something that we love to do, and it seems to come naturally to us, is to to have a disconnect between our faith in Christ and our lives. I mean, Sunday, you may go to church, it's this kind of sacred zone, and we go there and, and we sing songs and we worship. Oh God, you're so wonderful, and I love you so much, and I exalt you above all. Lord, I worship you and praise you, and... And all of that stuff, brilliant, great. We're going to talk about that later on today in the program. But then, on Monday morning, we go back to work. The same old, same old, back in the groove. Mum is maybe getting the kids off to school or or maybe rushing out the door to work. Dad's on the train or in the car or or on the bus doing the commute. Or perhaps you're unemployed or retired or, or whatever, sitting at home alone, And that thing that we call worship that happened back there on Sunday morning, it can seem a million miles away. Somehow it's not connected to the reality of life. It it was great while it lasted, but now it's back down to earth with a thud. It's Monday morning. Ever felt like that? That there's some disconnect between faith and life. Worship is that thing that happens over there, but back in the real world, it's hard, you know, it's tough. It's the grind, it's the pressure, it's the issues to deal with, it's, it's the compromises that people make. Well, you're not alone, because in the West, many Christ followers experience that. The, the fact that, that faith and worship and all that stuff over here is somehow in a separate box from life over there. In the East, in Asia and places like Africa, people's upbringing and culture means that their spirituality is a lot more connected to their lives, but not in the West. Anyway, wherever or whatever, it's important that we understand what worship is all about. It's not just something we put in a box and take out on Sundays. Worship is a way of life. That's the name of this series, Worship as a Way of Life. When we understand what worship is in God's heart, then all of a sudden life and spirituality 
become inseparable. Last week, we began to look at the fact that the New Testament talks about two different forms of worship. One verse where they both appear is Luke chapter 4 and verse 8. Grab your Bible. Jesus had been out in the desert. The Holy Spirit had led him out in the desert for 40 days of fasting. So by the end of it, he was weakened, he was starved, he was at a low point. This was part of God's plan. In fact, next year, we'll be doing a whole four-week series on this wilderness passage in Luke chapter 4. Today, I just want to look briefly at the second temptation, because at the end of the 40 days, the devil comes along and tempts Jesus. And this second temptation is a grand delusion. If you have a Bible, open it up at Luke chapter 4, beginning at verse 5. This is what it says. The devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And the devil said to Jesus, I will give you all their authority and splendor, for it has been given to me, and I can give it to anyone I want. So if you worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Here is a standard temptation of the devil. Look at this wonderful world that I have control of. You don't have to look very far to see what an influence the devil has. I mean, Jesus called him the prince of the air. What are you doing, says the devil, in this wilderness for God? Look, just worship me and all this can be yours. Yeah, right. Listen to what the devil says to Jesus. So, if you worship me, it will all be yours. Now, the Greek word that's used here for the word worship is proskunio. It's the word from which we get prostrate. So, to prostrate ourselves, to, to lie down, to bow down, to kiss someone's hand, to fall down on our knees, face down, and worship. That's the sort of worship I guess we do on a Sunday morning in church. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28, talks about worshipping God with awe and reverence. It's a heart of worship. It's expressing our allegiance and our gratefulness and our awe and reverence and wonder of God by, by singing songs of worship and bowing down to him. And the devil says to Jesus, now bow down to me as you would to God. But look at Jesus' reply. Jesus answered, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Jesus here is quoting the Old Testament, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 13. And there are two verbs in this sentence, worship and serve. Now, the word worship, the English word, is the same word as the devil used, the Greek proskunio, to bow down. But then the second verb, verbs are doing words, the second verb is, and serve him only. Now, this word is latrio. It's the Greek word from which we get the word lateral or, or outwards. This word is used a number of times in the New Testament and it's variously translated either as serving or worshipping. Latrio means to render religious service or homage, to worship, to perform sacred services, to offer gifts. So it's, it's a doing word. It's about worshipping God through serving him. For Jesus, the answer went beyond simply bowing down to God, or in this case, as the devil wanted, to the devil. It included who Jesus served. It's not only about what we do in our hearts, it's what we do with our hands, inside and outside. Jesus said it again, you can read it in Luke chapter 10, verse 27. He answered, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And with all your mind. In other words, with the stuff that's going on inside you, and then with your strength, which is 
what you do inside and outside. You know something? If what we believe on the inside isn't reflected in how we live on the outside, what we believe on the inside will die. James chapter 2, verse 26. Faith without works is dead. If we exalt God in our hearts, but not in our lives by the way we think and act and, and treat other people, it doesn't work. One of the Psalms talks about having clean hands and a pure heart. In fact, this linking of inside worship and outside doing worship, proscunio on the one hand, latrio on the other, bowing down worship and living out worship, is something that happens over and over and over again in God's Word. You just can't separate the two. I'm Bernie Diamond and you're listening to Christianity Works. As we take this short break, I'd like to tell you about a free daily resource that I'd love to send you to help you draw closer to God. It's called Fresh, a short daily devotional with a powerful scripture verse together with some words of inspiration, hope and encouragement delivered right to the inbox on your smartphone, tablet or computer each and every day. Or if you prefer, you can now receive a printed version delivered right to your letterbox. It's completely free. To get instant access either to the digital or the printed version of Fresh, stop by our mobile-friendly website, ChristianityWorks.com, and you'll see the Fresh e-devotional sign-up right there at the top of the homepage. Or, if you prefer, give us a call toll-free on 1-300-722-415 to request the printed Fresh devotional. It's completely up to you. That's online at ChristianityWorks.com or toll-free on one 722 415 So go ahead, sign up to receive Fresh, and may your heart be touched and transformed as you draw ever closer to Jesus through His Word. Now, worship, living this whole life of worship, isn't something that starts and ends with singing worship songs on a Sunday. Don't get me wrong, that's not a bad thing to do at all. But singing songs on its own isn't what worship is all about. Worship goes much, much deeper than that. So let's take a look. The heart is where everything begins. That, that hidden place deep inside. The Bible talks a lot about the heart. In fact, it mentions it 541 times, over and over again. Jesus talked a lot about the heart. He said, from the overflow of the heart, the man speaks. He said, adultery and murder and all that stuff begins in the heart. It starts on the inside and then works its way outside. So the heart is incredibly important when it comes to worship. It's that hidden place deep inside where we live and laugh and cry and think our deepest and most secret thoughts. Let me ask you, in that place, do you worship God? This is proscunia worship. This is bowing our lives down. In your heart, have you bowed down your life to God? In your heart, is he exalted above all things? Jesus said on the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 8, verse 5, Blessed are the pure in heart for they will see God. The heart, though, is a deceptive place. A.W. Tozer, in his book, The Pursuit of God, writes it this way. The self is the opaque veil over our hearts that hides the face of God from us. 
It can be removed only in spiritual experience and never by mere instruction. As well, try to instruct leprosy out of our system. There must be a work of God in destruction before we are free. We must invite the cross to do its deadly work within us. We must bring our self-sins to the cross for judgment. We must prepare ourselves for an ordeal of suffering in some measure like that through which our Saviour passed when he suffered under Pilate. You see, worship of the heart is bringing ourselves before God just as we are and allowing him to discern the thoughts and the intentions of our hearts. And the question for each one of us is this, who reigns in our hearts, me or Christ? Myself or Jesus? And if Christ, am I prepared in my heart to suffer for his sake? Am I prepared to take up my cross? Am I prepared to let certain things go for him? Because when we so lay down our lives and our hearts through faith in Christ, when we decide deep in our hearts to take a Christ-above-all position once and for all, Christ above my selfish ambitions, Christ above the desires of my flesh, Christ above comfort and future and hopes and dreams and, and everything else that I want, Christ first, through faith in him, when we decide that, then he makes our hearts pure. And then this point that Tozer is making becomes our experience. The very words of Christ become our reality. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. And we will see God with the eyes of our soul, gaze upon him. And, and when we do, we can only respond the way the 24 elders do in the book of Revelation. The 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They lay their crowns down before the throne and say, You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honour and power, for you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. We're talking here about complete surrender of our hearts, that secret, hidden place, that place that only we and God himself may inhabit. When we surrender in that place our lives to Christ, no matter what the cost... That, my friend, is worship. Prescunia, bowing down our all unto him. So many people try to live out a me-centred Christianity. Get a revelation, there is no such thing. I am my own little tin pot God. Just doesn't cut the mustard when we've gazed upon Christ with the eyes of our soul. Like the elders... If we want to worship God, we have to take off our crowns and cast them down before him at his feet and cry from deep within our hearts, You alone are worthy, my Lord and God, to receive glory and honour and power, and I worship you. How much of our prayer life is worship? How much time do we spend simply resting in his presence and glorifying him in our hearts? This is the birthplace of worship in our lives. The spirit in our experience brings the reality of a relationship with God himself through Christ to life in our hearts. It is the place of true and complete surrender. It is the place of complete sacrifice of self. It is the place where we take up our cross and utter, Lord, not my will, but let your will be done. Painful and glorious. Loss and gain, hunger and filling. It is written, worship the Lord your God alone.
let me ask you gently, but quite directly, have you come to that place in your life? Or have you been there and perhaps drifted off? Let me pray with you a prayer that A.W. Tozer wrote in his book, The Pursuit of God. O God, I have tasted your goodness, and it has both satisfied me and made me thirsty for more. I am so painfully conscious of my need of further grace. I am ashamed of my lack of desire, O God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I want to want you alone. I long to be filled with longing. I thirst to be made more thirsty still. Show me your glory, I pray, so that I may know you indeed. Begin in mercy a new work of love within me. Say to my soul, rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. Then give me the grace to rise and follow you up from this misty lowland where I have wandered for so long. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I'm Bernie Diamond, and you're listening to Christianity Works. I just want to take a moment during this short break to share something truly important with you. No one likes a hypocrite. You don't, I don't. And yet so many of God's people, Christians, come across to others as being just that, hypocrites. And that's sad because God means for us, you and me, to have a powerful impact in this world. That's why I'd love to send you a free copy of our latest life application booklet. It's called Living an Authentic Life, full of life-changing practical Bible teaching to help you be all that God made you to be. In fact, at the end of each chapter, you'll find some life application questions to help you think through and apply God's Word right into the realities of your life. To request your copy, stop by our mobile-friendly website, ChristianityWorks.com, or give us a call toll-free on 1-300-722-415, and we'll send your free booklet straight out to you in the post. Again, that's online at ChristianityWorks.com or toll-free on 1-300-722-415. Okay, so let's get back now into God's Word. If on the inside we worship God in our hearts, you know, we we say, Lord, I lay down my life, I bow down, I, I delight in you. But then on the outside, we don't live that out. Well, that incongruity, that mismatch, what you see is not what you get, well, we have a name for that. It's called hypocrisy. And it is fabulous that, that people go to church and, and Sunday morning or Sunday night or Saturday, whenever they do, and they worship God. They sing all of those wonderful songs. That is an awesome thing. But if then on Monday we go to work and tear someone's head off, that's adulterous. I mean, that's professing one thing and doing another. It's like me marrying my wife and saying, I'm going to set myself aside for her, she's my wife, and then I go and find a mistress on the side. You know, that's a stressful way of living, and it doesn't work, and it hurts a lot of people. Eventually, we have to resolve that incongruity. You you can't go on living like that because the tension between inside and outside is just too great. Either we have to bring our lives on the outside in line with what's happening on the inside in our hearts, or we abandon what's been going on in our hearts in worshipping God 
and we just go with the desires of our flesh on the outside. It's as simple as that. It's one or the other. I remember before I came to faith in Jesus, I used to try to be someone wonderful and exciting and and dynamic on the outside. But on the inside, you know something? My heart was rotten. I was selfish. I didn't care about other people. And you know, ultimately, that showed. I'm a tough nut. And before I came to Christ, I would crawl over people. I would hurt them. I really didn't care because it was all about me. Ultimately, what's going on in our hearts shows on the outside. We can't live two separate lives. We can't sit there in the morning and read a Bible and pray and and pretend to worship God and then go on and live a life that is so far away from God that the two just never connect. The Apostle Paul knew that. If you've got a Bible, open it at Romans chapter 12 beginning at verse 1. This is a really pivotal verse for me. This is what Paul writes. He says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, because of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Let's unpack that. He begins by saying, therefore. I mean, whenever you see a therefore in the scriptures, it's always pointing back to something else. And in this case... The Apostle Paul is pointing back to all that he said in the first 11 chapters of the book of Romans. And those 11 chapters are about God's goodness in coming to rescue us through Jesus Christ. It's the stuff that causes us to worship him. If you're struggling with the fact that that Jesus came to die for you, if you're struggling with the fact, am I forgiven, am I not forgiven, read the first 11 chapters of the book of Romans and will be in no doubt about God's goodness. You read those chapters and you just want to worship and praise God for who he is and what he's done. And so it's the heart stuff. It's the stuff that causes us to worship God on the inside. And so Paul says, because of what he's done in your hearts, because of that mercy that you've received deep in your heart, because of that, offer your bodies as living sacrifices. See, in this verse, Paul is making a connection between the heart and the hand. He's saying that we need to translate the worship in our hearts into action. We need to be living sacrifices. That is a gruesome picture. It's definitely not good marketing spin. You know, people in those days knew what sacrifices were. Animals were sacrificed at temples, both Jewish temples and pagan temples. But Paul says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, because of God's mercy, because of what you've experienced of God in your hearts, now on the outside, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Now, I like this next bit. This is your spiritual act of worship. See, we're talking about worship. But here is the word latria, which is what we talked about before. Some translations use the word service. The two concepts combine here in this Greek word latrio, and it's about worshipping God through what we do. This is where the rubber hits the road. The worship of the heart is the proskunio worship that we talked about before. 
This is the worship about prostrating ourselves, bowing down, saying, Lord, I worship you. It's what people do in churches on Sunday when they sing songs of worship and praise. It's what we do in our quiet times on our own as we speak to God and say, Lord, thank you, I praise you, I worship you. That's great. This worship, Paul is saying, because of that, now live out your worship. Now now do your worship. When you and I treat someone kindly and gently, someone that really deserves to have their heads kicked in, that's spiritual worship. When I deal honestly and fairly with someone when I could have ripped them off, that's spiritual worship. Bringing the life into line with the heart, dying to all those things that we'd rather do that we know aren't God's ways. That's spiritual worship. It's being a living sacrifice. It's hard. It's tough. The road to follow Jesus always is. It's a narrow road. Dying to self and living to Christ. This is worship. Worship is not off in some separate Sunday morning sacred zone. We need to worship God with our hearts and with our lives. Clean hands, pure hearts. Paul goes on to explain in the next verse what this means. Don't let the world squeeze you into its mould anymore, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you'll really know and agree with God's good and perfect will for your life. What begins in our hearts as worshipping God works its way out into our lives, living life as a life of worship. Before I go, there's something very important that I need to share with you. This program, Christianity Works, is encouraging so many people in over 160 countries around the world to live an authentic life in a rich, dynamic, powerful relationship with Jesus. But that's only possible through the generous support of friends like you. Now, each dollar that you give toward the Ministry of Christianity Works today will help reach almost 3,000 people with a gospel message. So a gift of, say, $35 will reach over 100,000 people with the good news of Jesus Christ. Hey, that's amazing. So let me encourage you to give a generous, tax-deductible gift to Christianity Works today. You can do that right now, securely online, by visiting our mobile-friendly website, ChristianityWorks.com, or by giving us a call toll-free on 1-300-722-415. And when you do get in touch, please don't forget to request your free copy of that life application booklet that I mentioned earlier. It's called Living an Authentic Life. Again, that's online at ChristianityWorks.com or toll-free on 1-300-722-415. Hey, thanks so much for your support and for joining me today. I'm Bernie Diamond. And I'll catch you again same time next week with another message of God's love, God's grace, and God's power for each one of us in Jesus Christ.
Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.